0: This podcast is intended for advisors and staff at cooperators. The views and opinions expressed are those of the subjects and do not necessarily reflect the official position of cooperators.
1: I'm their coach. Really, I'm trying to coach them through the emotions that they're having during these difficult time periods.
0: Sean Kelly is an associate financial advisor in Collingwood, Ontario. He was hired in the year 2000 by the legendary Bill Reddick and now works with Bill's son John and I know a lot of you across the country know John well. Sean has a wealth of wealth experience and we thought he'd be a great person to talk to about the volatile markets and how to best deal with uneasy clients. Sean, in terms of the markets, 2022 has been quite a year so far. It actually was not that long ago that we saw probably even
1: larger volatility, which was at the beginning of COVID in in early 2020, uh, when we saw the markets really tank in a one month period. They just happened to bounce back very quickly in in April of 2020. Now we have something that's a little bit more prolonged and and that always causes worry. But in the 22 years that I've been here, the markets have been down uh, five times. What's unique about this year is we have not only the equity markets going down, we also have the fixed income markets that are being impacted as well. So it'll be interesting to see actually what happens by the end of this year. Based on where we are today in the middle of the year, I expect that we're going to have not only the bond markets down, but the equity markets down as well. Inherently, those bonds have been the safe haven for people that are in retirement or very close to retirement. And and now that's impacting them as well.
0: So Sean, are you getting a lot of panicked phone calls at this point in time? We try and be pretty proactive. Um, So
1: we're actually reaching out to our clients and trying to get ahead of of that curve. My my use of analogies probably gets a little uh, boring sometimes, but uh, just like when the baseball team isn't playing well, they don't fire the players, they fire the coach. The client that is not getting uh, a phone call or an email or whatever it may be from their coach, from their advisor is probably not going to get out of the market. They're not firing the players, which is the stocks and the funds that they own. They're firing the coach and they're picking up the phone and they're going to call another financial advisor. So that bodes well for us as cooperators' advisors right now because there's a lot of people that aren't getting phone calls from their existing advisor, wherever that may be. So this is a great time to pick up new clients, but realistically, uh, it's also a time that you can lose clients if you're not being proactive. If you're not reaching out, and it, and it doesn't need to be an individual phone call to each and every client. That goes a long way. But if you do have everybody's email, uh, and at least getting where they're like, "Oh, okay, Sean's paying attention to stuff." It's it's important.
0: If you are having a conversation with a client, Sean, what what does that conversation look like? What what's your strategy? Yeah, again,
1: it it varies based on the client and not not necessarily on the client in terms of how much money they have or what stage they're at. It varies on the client relationship with them. So I know that some people want a little bit more of an analytical. They want those numbers. They want to hear that this has happened two years ago and that we made it through. And then there's some clients that just really need that that hand to be held uh, and they want to just have a, a friendly conversation. And so so it does vary. Very, uh, very empathetic uh, to the situation w- uh, with with any client. Let them know that you understand. I let them know that my money is invested too, that I haven't made any changes to my portfolio. I'm still staying with the, the funds that I use for for my clients, but also even on a higher level that those portfolio managers who are the people that are actually buying and selling the stocks, they have their money invested in the funds that you own. And he puts his money where his mouth is uh, because that's what he understands. So he's in that same boat. He's doing everything that he can to mitigate losses and enhance returns. It's just an unfortunate time that we're going through and, and that the markets are down. It's really important to stay the course. Over the history of the stock market, the trend has always been a line up with blips along the way. The same with the real estate market. House prices go up, house prices go down, but the trend over the history of owning a home is that it it goes up over the long term. And so we try not to get very drastic and change a whole lot of things uh, to our approach. We really just try and talk our clients through understanding uh, how the market works and that really it's in their best interest to stay the course or maybe make some minor tweaks here and there.
0: Of course, from a logical perspective, you can explain how the markets work and staying in for the long term and all those things, but it still comes down to people seeing their money disappear. And there's a lot of, I would assume, a lot of emotion associated with that. How do you deal with the emotion involved in these discussions?
1: Emotion is a huge part. We, we, we live with it every day in, in everything that we do. Um, and especially when it comes to hard-earned money, um when when you know you've saved uh, your entire life and all of a sudden you're getting close to retirement or maybe you're 25 years old and you've just put your you know a, a good chunk of your first couple of paychecks into an investment and you see that it's gone down it's it's very frustrating and when I first started in the business, I was very product oriented. It was always about, OK, well, we can find this product that's going to do a little bit better for you. And then you quickly realize that that really isn't the solution. Uh, the solution is uh, I'm, I'm their coach. We talk about an advisor, but but really I'm trying to coach them through the emotions that they're having during these difficult time periods. I will talk to them about remember when. Back in 2018, when the Toronto stock market was down, ba- remember when back in 2008, the the Toronto and US, all the global markets were down, you know, 30 plus percent. We're not at that level right now. The Canadian market, I think, is down something like five or six percent year to date. Uh, US market's down 15 uh, percent. You know, we're not anywhere close to those levels yet. And especially those clients that have been around a long time, I can talk them through and, and they can remember, oh, yeah, you know what, we listened to Sean, and things worked out okay. It, it's still tough. Uh, and ultimately, at the end of the day, those clients need to sleep at night. And, and so we do whatever we can to make sure that they're as comfortable as possible.
0: So clients are, are concerned, clients are upset. But you've got a lot of clients with a lot of money that is disappearing. And it's got to be like a pressure cooker for you.
1: It is, uh, you, you know, we have a pretty sizable book of business, uh, as, as many of our advisors do. Um, but it's irrelevant. If, if you, whether you look after $2 million or $22 million or $122 million, that's people's hard-earned money. And at the end of the day, we're responsible for that. In, in some degree. Uh, obviously, there's portfolio managers involved that are buying and selling the individual securities, but we're the first point of contact. We're there when, hey, my money's going down. Sean, what, what's going on? And, and it does add pressure. But just like I talk to my clients about the emotion and taking trying to take that emotion out and realizing that the markets do go up and they do go down and we're just in that downtrend. And I guarantee that at some point the market is going to go back up. Unfortunately, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell them exactly when, but I know that it will. And I know that over the long term, those clients are going to be better served by staying in the market in that well-diversified portfolio that we've built. And so because I'm trying to take that emotion away from them, I also have to talk to myself at the end of the day and go, hey, Sean, take that emotion out. And yes, it is pressure, but know that you're doing a good job because we have had the training. We have the resources at our disposal. And fortunately for myself, I've had 22 years of experience to go through those ups and downs and and knowing that it is going to be all right.
0: What's the biggest mistake an advisor could make right now?
1: Um, I think probably the biggest uh, mistake that a advisor can make is being afraid to talk, having those difficult conversations. Nobody wants to give somebody a call to tell them that their insurance premium went up by fifty percent. Conversely, I don't really want to talk to my client and tell them that, hey, by the way, your hundred thousand dollars is now worth ninety. But that's the time that it r- is really important. And I go back to that coach analogy. That's when you know when the baseball team isn't playing well. That's when you really have to listen to the coach. That's when you really need to follow that expertise. And so if I'm not coaching my clients when things are bad, uh, but I'm only coaching them when things are good, I'm not going to be their coach for very long. We have to be proactive. So as I said, I think the biggest thing would be uh, not being active and not being available and just saying, "Oh, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a call in a couple days when the market goes back up. Get back to them quickly because they're having concerns uh, about their about their investment, whether, again, it's a small investment or a large investment.
0: And of course, all this additional client contact is net new work. Uh, Advisors already have an awful lot on their plates, so it must be a real challenge.
1: Yeah, you know, it it is it is tough. Um, Sometimes we have more work. We have to sometimes make some sacrifices, but it, yeah, it, it isn't easy to juggle all those things. Every advisor office is very different. I'm very fortunate that that my main focus is is investments um, and, and life insurance, where there's a lot of other advisors that have, the, they're wearing the investment hat, the life insurance hat, the farm hat, the commercial hat, and they're running two or three staff in their office. A lot of people have a set plan for their year or for their month, and then all of a sudden you have something like this and, and those plans have to get set aside uh, and you have to look at what, what the priorities are. I always find that it's much easier to be proactive to reach out to that client on your time and on uh, at your schedule versus sitting there and just not knowing if there's going to be two phone calls today or 22 phone calls today. And now all of a sudden your, your day is completely shot because you're just having to be reactive and, and answering those phone calls. Just as we're very good to make a phone call or an email to a client to say, hey, I just got your annual statement. You made 22% last year. That's amazing. You'd call them to say, hey, by the way, you're, you're down. We should have a talk just so you understand that we're still doing what we should be doing. And that's much more important uh, in my mind. If you are not being proactive right now and just kind of putting your, "Uh, I don't want to talk to anybody, all of a sudden you're going to be very active because now you're trying to uh, retain clients that are about to walk out the door. And so I'd rather work a little harder now than trying to convince a client not to leave me because I didn't reach out to them at all.
0: And at a time like this, Sean, what do you think is the worst thing a client can do? Obviously, panicking and and going into, into
1: cash is the biggest drawback. In saying that, A client still needs to sleep at night. And if a client really feels that that is the best thing for them, you can provide all the advice in the world to them and tell them that it's, here's why you shouldn't do this. But at the end of the day, if they really are adamant, no, I need to move into cash. I now have to be the coach and advise them through that process. And so I I did have a client in 2020, they panicked and the market went down and, and they, they sold. And what we did was we made sure that once they sold, we took that cash they now had sitting there and dollar cost average back into the market on a monthly basis so just like that new saver that's putting two hundred dollars a month away or fifty dollars a month away, and this person has now has a larger portfolio so we're we're distributing ten or twenty thousand dollars a month and putting it back into the market, but they need to get back into the market other than that, there really isn't a bad thing that the client can do other than you know, if you could convince them to close their eyes for five years and not look at their statements, and, and that holds true at any point, whether the market's good or the market's bad, the people that monitor their investments on a daily basis generally are gonna have more stress because they, they see all the fluctuations. And they generally are monitoring the markets, not their actual investments. We all have these wonderful things called smartphones these days, and every smartphone has a stock app. And you can go on and just see red on the Toronto stock market, on the Dow Jones, on the NASDAQ, uh, overseas, whatever it may be. And you see red and you think, oh, my portfolio must be going down today. Well, a 2% drop on the Toronto stock market might only equate to a 0.2% drop on your portfolio. But it's a tough spot for a client to be in.
0: I I get the emotional side of it. um, And uh, and as I said, I'm a client as well. Let's talk about new business, Sean. Is your approach different for someone who is just starting out investing uh, during these crazy market times? There's a
1: little bit more coaching, a little bit more conversation around the market, um, but my philosophy and the funds that I'm using aren't changing. I've done my due diligence over the years to, to align myself with with solid portfolio managers, uh, with good companies, whether that's through co on our SegFund platform or through CEFIS and, and the different mutual fund companies that we uh, now have access to. And so that philosophy really doesn't change because if it Made sense a year ago or two years ago, or that manager hasn't changed their philosophy. I really don't think I should be changing my philosophy a whole lot. Maybe there's some little tweaks there. Uh, where right now the Canadian market is is you know outperforming uh, substantially the U.S. market that normally doesn't happen. It, we just happen to have a lot more oil uh, on on our stock market, uh, and so that has a bigger impact. So maybe you tweak something a little bit there. But overall, that well-diversified portfolio doesn't change. That new client that's coming in today, there's a little bit more hand-holding to say, hey, you know what? Our funds are going to perform similarly to the other funds that are in the marketplace. It's just the market is down. If you're leaving a bank or another financial uh, institution to come over to me thinking that I'm going to miraculously make you 20% When these guys have lost you 20%, I don't have that ability. Uh, But what I do have is the ability to make sure that we can advise you through all the ups and downs that you're going to face over the next 10, 20 years, however long that that time horizon is, um, that maybe you haven't been getting in the last five or 10 years. And that's why you're here to see me.
0: And of course, it's not just the markets It's kind of a perfect storm because interest rates are climbing, inflation is climbing. And of course, we've been dealing with a crazy housing market uh, across the country for for a couple of years now. Uh, what are the what are the impacts of those kinds of things?
1: Yeah, I mean, in inflation is is a tricky thing because because it does fluctuate, and we've had pretty low inflation for a number of years. If we go back to uh, when the financial markets uh, kind of crashed in, in two thousand and eight, uh, rates have steadily gone down. I think that will be interesting to see where they go back up to, because if you look from you know the mid seventies to the mid nineties. The Bank of Canada rate was anywhere between 9% to 19% to back down to 9% over a 20-year period. We're not anywhere near 9% right now. And I think not only does it impact your retirement planning forecast of, okay, I'm going to need this much more money to, to pay for my you know daily living, it also impacts people that are those new savers that have a larger mortgage right now because they bought this, this home with, I'll call it free money, a couple years ago. And I did some research that just ran some numbers the other day and if mortgage rates go up by 2% and you have a million dollar mortgage, which is not uncommon, at least in the Collingwood uh, and Toronto area for sure, that's an extra it's almost $1,700 a month in interest payments. Well, where does that $1,700 a month come from? So what it's going to come from is, well, you know what? I I need a house to live in, so I'm going to stop putting money into my retirement plan. And so a lot of that is going to have a negative impact that we're not going to see in the next couple years. We're going to see that for those 30-year-olds right now when they go to retire and they've taken a 10-year hiatus of putting money aside for their retirement plan.
0: Sean, you've provided some uh, great insights and uh, food for thought. Uh, Just wondering if you have any additional last words for your fellow advisors.
1: The biggest thing I can tell advisors is not to panic yourself when your clients are panicking. And it's not easy. There is a stress involved in our job um, when you're looking after people's retirement. And they get stressed out when they see that their statements and their accounts are going down. And our job really is to... To try and alleviate that stress and alleviating that stress isn't coming up with some brand new idea and saying, hey, we should move here because this is going to be so much better for you. Because if that was so much better for them, then it should have been so much better for them six months ago. And to me, that's doing a disservice to the client. You know, it's okay if that client does need to make a drastic change, even though that's not your, your advice, make sure that if that client does want to pull the trigger and do something that's a little bit offside from what you really think they should be doing still help them, coach them through that. Don't be disgruntled with them. The last thing you want is for that person to walk out the door because you told them, "Well, this isn't the right thing to do," and go someplace else. And then also just stick with your convictions. Know that if you've set up a well-diversified portfolio, don't second guess yourself. Don't, you know, you've done the research. You know what you're doing is the right thing. Just coach them through that tough time and stick with your convictions on these are good investments uh, that will turn around, whether they're going to turn around in two months, six months, or two years, they will turn around.
0: You've been listening to Advisor Podcast number 31 with Sean Kelly. A reminder, if you subscribe to this podcast on your phone, new episodes will automatically download so you can listen at a time convenient to you. We'd love to hear your feedback on the Advisor Network Podcast or if you've got story ideas or the name of an advisor you'd like to hear from, or if you just need help to subscribe, send me an email at brad underscore scott at cooperators.ca.